0: You're listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast of readings and archives from City Lights Books and Publishers. To learn more, visit www.citylights.com. And, uh, and so on, and so forth. So, uh, business at hand. Um, Our poets tonight are no strangers to City Lights. Uh, It is so lovely to have them both back here again after a long while. Um, And both have new books out. We're very, very excited. Jillian has uh, what's called A Little More Red Sun on the Human, New and Selected Poems. This is published by Night Boat Books. Publisher Weekly just gave it a thumbs up uh, with a best book status. And Donna has uh, Works of Love and Terror, which just came out from uh, Talisman House. Hot off the press, might I add, it just arrived today. So we are thrilled with both these beautiful books and uh, to have them both here with us. So give you a little bit of background, Jillian is a poet, editor, translator, who has... I keep doing that. Why is that? You know, it's because I'm Greek and I speak from the back of my throat. So my apologies. So um, as I said, poet, editor, translator, her work has been anthologized widely in such places as Norton's American Hybrid, Counterpaths, Postmodern, Lyricisms, uh, Best American Poetry, and many other places. She was awarded the 2017 Shelley Memorial Award from the Poetry Society of America She's also poet in residence and professor of English at Sonoma State University, where she edits the literary journal Volt. Donna is the author of uh, St. Erasure and True Crime, also both from Talisman House, uh, is a recipient of a 2009 Fund for Poetry Award. She teaches in the MFA and undergraduate creative writing programs at um, California College of the Arts and San Francisco State University, and curates the Bay Area Poetry Marathon reading series. A great honor to have you again with us.
1: Okay, Gillian, part of your job is going to be to keep his phone in his pocket. Okay. <laughs> you don't want me to take
2: your picture No. You
1: no. <laughs> I know that Can't, do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Okay. I know that already. All right. So. Um, that's true I don't know I think she can like sort of do a dive sideways I think we would all like to I think we would all like to see that (laughs) okay um, thank you so much uh, Peter for hosting us here it's really wonderful um, to be back and I'm so happy to be reading with the wonderful Gillian and um, among so many people here that uh, that I love Um, And also so many tough people those of you who braved Bart fires and stuff (laughs) my badass people nicely done Um, so this is works of love and terror Um, I'm going to do a little 20 minute or so tour through it and a few Things before I start, Um, first of all, if you've not gathered, (laughs) I really don't like photographs, so try to sort of contain your desire to document everything (laughs) just for the next, say, 22 minutes, and then snap away at Gillian. (laughs) Um, Also, um, included in what I'm going to read... Are poems that touch on violence and grief and mortality and if you can think of a triggering thing it's probably in here so if you don't want to hear that um, just take a little stroll through the downstairs for the next 20 minutes or so um, this book is dedicated to um, a number of loved ones who have passed in uh, recent years, um, among them um, all of our beloved uh, Kevin Killian and also my mother, Frances. Um, The last poem I'm going to read is dedicated to her. Uh, The first poem I'm going to read is a response to Yuyoi Kusama's um, Infinity Mirrors uh, installations, which you are all nodding about and know about. Um, So yeah. Works of Love and Terror, here we go. For you who are being obliterated. You enter a space. It is the closest thing to not having a body. Lights blink on and off intermittently. Darkness hangs from cables overhead. Everything is becoming erased around you. You must determine how to walk to the exit You must determine whether the exit exists. Lights are hung on dark cables. They glow or change with color. The walls are mirrors reflecting an exit, assuming, of course, there is an exit. There is a stunning, yawning vertigo. There is magic. There are fireflies. Wouldn't you love to walk through this? Wouldn't you love its blackness? and polish emergency the body fights time keeps making its plans and all the while death ticks on in the calendar the vital carts ping little moments of slippage the catch and the whir of my mother's sick breathing Honestly, hospitals don't bother me much. I grew up in them, loved the clean endlessness of the hallways, the cafeteria's small containers of jello, or soft beans. And already this sounds like a poem that is moving toward a clever, though difficult and hard-won cohesion, the kind that makes your mother, who likes Billy Collins, feel safe, the kind that makes us believe in redemption and thus in lies. They give my mother one of the big rooms. They hook her up, make her comfortable. They remove her soiled clothing but leave the shit smell. I tear pages out of a kid's book about a child bear to write this down. Invocation, I was there on the other side waking up from the dream, a name dissolving in my mouth attention, and appetite, the richness of the mind versus the lived world and its primordial apt dance. But desire can only be something that you're chasing. Everything falls into darkness, periodic terror, complacency, domesticity with all the haptic modernity unfurling which escapes the ticking self and its fantastical exhibits, its fragile instruments and silhouette each tuned to a different frequency. Breath weaves us then unravels, is created and replaced, a geography of waste, the saddest story in the world. So we lived below the floodplain, frozen and dreaming. We awoke, were cut down, fell headlong in the field. Each of us born with time clutched and crashing in our bodies, a riverbed, a seam of ore, a placid lake called never. Reaping Wheel. That was our arrangement. I would look at you. I would see that you were beautiful from far away. This is a story about distance. You were beautiful. I couldn't say anything. Living entirely in my own head, this is easy. This is heaven, this is perfect. I didn't say anything, I wanted to come home, I didn't know anything. Like a river that fights its own bed. this is heaven, this is easy. I tried to do it quietly, I put a plaster on it, a poultice, a redness, a narrative spiraling down through years, oh old friend, he couldn't walk, couldn't take it, he rode it out as long as he could, and it was my hometown the year that everything went wrong the blood pooled on the sidewalk the smoke and cinders from the burned theater the railroad depot where the chateau once stood the motorcycle overturned in the creek the ever loosening grip and I kept wanting to send it to you but I couldn't send it I'm writing it down in the wrong window in the wrong language and decade I'm writing over music my little whimper When you touched a friend of mine, I thought I would lose my mind, but really, I was not ready. Oh, death, oh, death, you're cruel and you are constant. He's all lost and everyone is gone. It's a ghost town, and really, I was not ready. But now, now, I wonder, I miss you, that slow accent harrowing your crooked mouth. Sung on the Eve of the Body's Destruction. And uh, Kevin Killian did a really good edit on this one. Uh, So this one goes up to Kevin. Sung on the Eve of the Body's Destruction. Out past the eyes unraveling hollow, you shadow time, flicker the screen, your green hands and fierce skin, ghosting the highways, the darkening fields, the torched clap, of our quickening. When I imagine you starlings crash the horizon, your hand taps my shoulder, you say you want something, you say you resigned, you say you can't help it, you flood and then parch, there, not there, taut and lingering. Your stone eyes and stone heart, the drag of your timber, killed bones, cupped hands, the grass strings of your throat, I never feel you, just the breath of your passage, a mistral, a night squall only I and dogs can hear. It's a bad sonnet, a sacking, an ill wind of ghost town. Now lie there, bed made, oh my own phantom limb. High up on the breakers, past the bridge you call someday, there's the body's destruction, the last thing I'll see. And it was never a lesson. Only a flat blank burning. When dawn breaks the fields, when light shreds the horizon, just let it be over. Just let us lie still. I'm gonna need some water. Mock trial. Wow. (laughs) Mock trial. Pretty editor says, come and play, says, dirty girl, says, thumb stump, says, wrap up your troubles in the old kit bag and swallow, smile, 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 smile. Flailing Jenny goes, tilt a whirl goes, fleece a daisy, paints shimmy mock trial, flints fairy toning, then tears out a spigot, hammering, wheedling, up in the crawl. Time tilts wise runs thunderfold, flicker, flies off at angles, unfurling the flaw, unwinds divvies, bad faith, quick get your money's worth, tearing, teeming fast over ground. Harbinger cover, lean in, hear the hard sell, tethering, wheeling, sliced silly pawn, be a good girl, a target a hard luck, a hammer, salt seed, plant ashes, then all fall down. First Love After he beats her, he will rape her, and during the rape she will be glad or she will be at least relieved. Perhaps primarily she will not be thinking anything But to the extent that she is thinking something, she will be relieved, because by the time he's begun to rape her, the worst will probably be over. She will know that the worst is probably over. That by the time he has reached the point of trying to fuck her, she can breathe, even rest to a certain extent. By that time, really, she'll just need to stay quiet. Her goal, to simply let things play themselves out her goal by then, to let things play themselves out. It will almost be over and she will just need to lie there, to lie there very still, very far away, very quiet, very still like an animal that has been mauled by another animal, not so much out of rage as a desire for dominance or maybe ownership or something else she can't articulate at that moment a desire for something she can't quite articulate. She will by that point be relatively relieved, maybe thinking of how to explain anything that might need explaining any marks to her parents when she gets home that night. She will be thinking of her parents because by this point in the beating, his predictable process, she'll be long past explaining to anyone at the party. By then, there will be no convincing anyone at the party. New Year's Eve, 1977, when they are at a party. There still might have been some possibility when he pulled her into the den. The empty den pulled her in there hard by her arm or even later when his friend had opened the door and said smiling, a little uneasily though, in retrospect not uneasily enough, hey man, hey, Is everything okay in there? Smiling a little uneasily. Is everything okay in there? But by the time he is raping her, after the friend has closed the door, after the sound of her hitting, then sliding down the wall, after she's pleaded with him as quietly as possible though, in retrospect, not quietly enough, she is well past the point of making up stories Anyone at the party might believe. Stories anyone really listening might believe. So, she is thinking of what she'll need to say to her parents, whether she'll get out of there, all right, will have any visible bruises. She is wondering whether anyone at the party will tell. She's pretty sure they won't, but it's always a possibility, and She's not thinking of much of anything that's going on apart from that. What's going on right then in the room or her body? Or that's what it seems like she might have been thinking. Because by now she's not really sure what she was thinking, whether, in fact, she was thinking anything at all. She has difficulty writing, even imagining that girl, that girl's body, her life what she might have been feeling. And I know what you're thinking. She must connect with her somehow, but she doesn't. Trust me, in this case, she doesn't. She's begun writing this story quite a number of times, quite a number of drafts, none of which ever gets finished. She can't imagine how to impose narrative structure on this. She can begin it, but always finds herself doubling back to provide context or background, to try to make things cohere. And the truth is, she probably won't finish this time either. At some point, she'll stop, tell herself she needs a distance. We'll come back to it later. Do it right this time around, but she won't come back to it. Or she will, but when she does, she'll just reread it, not know what to do with it, then put it away. Tell us about yourself. My childhood nickname was Tor, short for my toddler pronunciation of monster. All this is true. I am related to Simone Bolivar. For a brief period during my childhood, I answered only to the name Pinocchio. When I was six years old, I asked for and received an ash blonde wig for Christmas. (laughs) My mother's father was murdered and her older brother was probably murdered. I am great at putting things together and fixing things. I get bored when I have to drive a car with an automatic transmission. I started college three months after I turned 17. My first beloved was the cartoon character Astro Boy, When I despaired of ever meeting Astro Boy in person, my father promised to build me one in the basement. I used to be a superb water skier and almost, but not quite taught myself to ski barefoot. I was born with one leg shorter than the other and wore leg and torso brace as a baby. The first poems my mother ever taught me were Blake's The Tiger and The Lamb. I sometimes get weepy when I listen to the verse of the little drummer boy, in which the little drummer, having no other gift to bring, plays his, his best for the baby Jesus, and the baby Jesus responds by smiling. I cannot and never have been able to sleep on my back. Last year I saw three shooting stars, one an amazing shade of mineral green. I used to have a small, dark birthmark on the left side of my left thumb, then one day I just noticed that it was no longer there. Little Fable. Great against a tree, smoking, the arc of your hands, those awful headaches, We felt that we were in a darkened church. We knew it was right, it was really happening. And my job was to stay there, to remain invisible, taut, black bow against the flare line. The radio played the same songs again and we kept walking backwards, an inverted inventory, vigorous twilight and your cricket mad voice. The human throat produces color, is religious, his romantic, stays behind, yet keeps on walking. The daydream smokes a cigarette, is aware of your hair, is above in a flower box, like tulips and saucers, like morning doves ever, morning of an evening, like a sliver of dark out there on the horizon. The thrum of night loads the fire escape, and furls slashes, rain into a storm, like welding wind into night on the roof the elegance of evening, of your still cupped hands. The moon a hook for the, high to s- the sky to hang on, the fog a grave sound. And my heart a filled silence, a little animal that is there beside you briefly, then just as suddenly is gone. As if you were the fire, the little stars, the thrum of the engine moving us quickly, restlessly, relentlessly through space. The thing was, we had turned into a door that we then had to walk through. And life went on in a different kind of weather with different stars churning overhead. (coughs) Up in the air. Somewhere over Colorado, George Clooney tells the ingenue that everyone dies alone. Someone has been drinking whiskey and is, by now, maybe just possibly a little drunk. Lights blink out inside the plane, outside. Night slides out of purple into black. You can still see outlines of the clouds, but just barely. For the past 90 minutes, a woman two rows up has been lifting pieces of her hair strand By strand, every fourth strand, she yanks with a little intake of breath. By the time the sky has gone dark, the screen ingenue is crying and someone is saying, a nice smile is all, a nice smile might just do it. I am trying to say fire. What are you trying to say? I am trying to say fire. I am trying to say immaculate. I am trying to mean it. I am trying to say God. I am trying to say heaven. I am trying to say dark, to say look here, we're burning. Night Calendar. On the roof, two a.m. sickle moon whips the wind. The train whistle downtown, the cat eye parsed courtyard, fog outside dark windows, the shadow buttoned ceiling, heart says, just this, just this, just this, just this. And uh, last one uh, for my mother, Mare, the old women rose with the moon twisting their gnarled arms across the sky. They hovered over the places they had walked. They passed the houses where they had lived as girls, the dark pine-arched roads where they had received first kisses and clutched at boys or other girls in the quickening dark. They passed the hospitals or rooms where they had birthed children. They passed the graves of children. They passed their own graves. They tore light out of the stars and wore it as cloaks. Other light they flung to earth where it split apart and shattered. They crowned each other with the wrecks of their longings and despairs. They fell apart, cohered again. They spun with the weather. They watched the world flame out, ignoring them at best or hating them. They rose over the ridge like a troop of fixed stars
2: hi <laughs> all the really crucial people are here it's really sweet thank you for coming and getting dressed and <laughs> you know <laughs> it takes a lot to get come out these days um okay, so there's a rather large book I have here <laughs> <laughs> and um, the point it's a it's a new and selected, and the poems range from 1980 to 2019 um, three to four depending upon who you talk to uh, by by earlier books are out of print, so okay that's why, you know, they put in selections of those and then there are I think thirty pages of new work at the end of the book. And I couldn't be I'm kind of abashed at it. It's it's sweet. Donna what, <laughs> Yeah no one can take a picture of you. because she's the first one. just wait till later <laughs> um, okay and I'm gonna do a, a, I'm gonna read the, the very first poem in the book um, which is an old poem I was, I was in vitro when this poem was written <laughs> and it's called The Invention of Texas and I cannot even remember the last time I read it this is extremely brave of me okay (laughs) the invention of Texas the sea left this place to fend for its own water leaving prickly wind and one yellow color birth continued coyotes sang to cyclones on the lope men chattered in caves in a kind of scat orchestration Someone invented the wheel. This begat a misunderstanding of circles. The Indians looked askance and blew hollow smoke. Mexicans slept in circumferences of corn, in fact, were the first to see corn as curio. Soon they began to stay up all night, watching the stalks, mistrusting. Green dance. The white man, whose spherical countenance was at first viewed as incomplete moon, beat everyone up. Lassoed the stars, and rode a spilling trails of sequins. Okay. And this is another very early poem called The Birth of a Nation. And the title of it is, of course, the same title of the silent epic film by D.W. Griffith, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with and was a groundbreaking work of cinematic achievement and at the same time probably the most despicable racist film made. The Birth of a Nation. By 1915, gravity had begun to affect light and mass to distort space so that reaching the theater was a struggle. Couples faded between lamp posts until each came to a ticket booth where a woman sat under a lit dome "'like a huge moth "'in the chlorophyll of her blonde hair. Two dollars, twenty then, "'bought entrance to love "'between a southern colonel, "'a prison nurse. "'Innocence was played by Lillian Gish, "'rival of Snow, "'the liberal senator's daughter "'besieged in a cabin by blacks in blackface, "'salvation by a galloping wizard.' dawn of a mob of white-hooded white men. In Washington, Woodrow Wilson emerged from a theater moved, saying to a handful of reporters, It felt like writing history with lightning, so terribly true. Our president began to remove his spectacles, to maneuver through the masses, tipping his hat, diminishing into the night where Einstein slept little and the young chaplain practiced light falling again 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 onto his face. Okay, now we're going to move really rapidly. (laughs) Um, There are selections from seven different books in here and this is I think this is from lovers in the used world and there were a couple I, I titled a couple of poems of the world and this is one of them the world it is honest it is most unfair a day consisting wholly of noises unsuspecting people shooting a playground with guns Never caused any trouble before. I don't get it. No matter whether I buy the orange one or the magenta or the chartreuse, I've gone west. And I feel tranquil, not alighted. Cold, wet girls squealing on her slip and slide. Slow river of hypodermics under a street lamp. Anonymous deaths and not so asinine. White yellow, black, a space preceding the image and a space following space and waste and shadow and Kilroy was in Kilroy was garnets under a radiation apron the quantum figures figured out then crumpled up and tucked under your windshield memory a kind of faceless Amish doll shivering me timbers dancing in crushed shoes. Where I come here, rounding the corner in my new speedster, and I ask you, no, the landscape is not a collage. It is wholly original, my bare hands. another The World poem. The World. It was just a gas station. It was not spectacular carnage. A woman in a parking lot read, I love Lucy Kerchief, dousing his shirts with lighter fluid, a great love, and a paranormal morning. In the far fields, the aliens arriving, switching off the ignition. New crisp list of abductees, though the closest we get is the radio. Cool, gray, summer morning, the first heat making an aura. Let light. She lights each panel. Fires twisting. Whatever must seek out its partner and annihilate with it. A great love. The expansion today is just a gas station. It is not spectacular carnage. So one has a set of events from which one finds one can't escape to reach a distant observer. And a star is born. Red giant, supergiant, white dwarf. We observe a large number of these white dwarf stars. Giant, Sirius, the brightest in the night sky, dog star. What we could have been had not the star been present. Too much presence seeping out of us, red, the I Love Lucy kerchief draped over the lamp, a she to the table, pearls on the bread plate, makeup on the napkin, a couple of burned-out butts, alien intake valves, and come night, a supper club, high-risk behavior in cinemascopic rain the heat released in this reaction, which is like a controlled hydrogen bomb explosion, which is like what makes stars shine. Boy, Pegasus, boy, Mercury, sister Venus, the star so compulsively readable, the sun eight light minutes away, birthmark at the red end of the spectrum. Three gold-jacketed, overly friendly men smiling, Poling before the nymph of a red river Burning in the presence of the floor plan For the world is one world now Not that you may own your own home Center me, sister Three score skullduggery Endless cradle holding a space open Rufus skylark Tell us off the skiff Sun up the next day we're looking into a box. Let's see the world. Are you coming with me? What's for dinner? Okay. Um, this land is my land, which is Woody Guthrie. Her boss lady Trousseau was crepuscular. Her remarks half uttered the documentary sound of the day. Traffic salted the nothing happening parts. The whole had been the whoever you are, frozen or instamatic, the rise, fall, orbit, some kind of guide figure at the window, a silence tangled there a rim painting over the sun, in which history would like to do a little unwriting, futurally. History writing, spare me. I am afraid I will die like this, a human face of late. No one understands the writing The words keep saying, is that our wordy bride? Cancel and begin, oh no, she is a dark contemplative. The Victorian was once a farmhouse. She was in the task of her biography, a tensions fan, in a gorgeous relativity A bit like reading the markers in a botanical garden. California floats its prisons in the sea. Um. All right, so now (laughs) I'm going to go back a little bit this poem it, the, uh, one of the books is titled Profane Halo and I'm going to read the poem called Profane Halo from that book uh, it comes from the, the title comes from the Italian philosopher and critic uh, Giorgia Agamben who, in a really terrific book called "The Coming Community," uh, posed the idea that uh, in a fallen world, which we're you know certainly in, that uh, all the creatures, animals, things, plants, all of us would have we would still have halos, but they would be profane halos. Um, Okay. Profane Halo. This was the vernal, the unworldly human, the most elegant car in the train, a faithful and anonymous band of huntsmen, a runner of red carpet spotted with pheasants on which an origin, a cold sun shone. These were the black shoes, the skirt one smooth to speak, the unknown tongue for which I am not the master, chiefly the messenger circling back through the vectors as the ashes adjust, a loner with a hat, a loner on a cold, dark street, a man gone away for cigarettes on an otherwise calm evening, and the signs that said yield and then shh, And then let me sweep the porch for you. A woman's black beads scattering into order. Girl running along outside of herself toward pale hop-along. And time scarred up to do a beauty. Dear sunset that was sun of now, near greatness, dear tongue my queen, dear rock-solid, how could we know that we are forerunners? The first characters in a crowd, and yet we were outwardly quiet. We assemble here toward the river or wherever the horse leads us. Dear oarsmen, the valleys are green. Some bodies piled, some bodies marked and burned away. New ones just wiped of their meconium. In the whites of the lovers, in the evenings under. Dear human mood, dear mated world. There, there now, dear ease of vicarious place, oil in sea, dear ravishment of fountain, figure in the fold. These are the beers we drink like oxygen in hats grown large as I. The loner going door to door, the paint excelling the door in cubes of prescience, durations of gray. Here we attach the theatre of a girl, the miniature size comprehensible, the door a seed, the tree a dwarf, the hay a stack, the uncreated still. Cool of the evening, thine ears consider well the uncreated still. Huntsman in the quietened alley, in the dark arched door train long and harpy-throated, Earth's occasional moonlessness laying hands on the data in the street, under which loose animal, the unbending pale of whose complaint becomes the dust's surround. Thank you for that little tiny clap. That was good. Okay. Um, this poem, when I made the book, I, um, I didn't do, like most new and selected, like they're the sort of like greatest hits kind of books. And, you know, you know. So anyway, I, I made t- new titles for different sections and um, freed them from their own collections, which was fun to do. And if you, you know, have a long die <laughs> and you read from the beginning to the end, there's an arc, there's like a narrative arc that goes through them. And the postmodernism comes in at one moment and just kind of blows everything apart, <laughs> and then you know it sort of regroups itself. But um, anyway, one of the things that's kind of discombobulating for me reading through is I go, "God, what book was that boy I'm in?" You know. But I also really like that I don't know anymore, and it doesn't matter at, at all. But okay. Anyway, this is called Late democracy. We, the undersigned, understand, then, the green of the meadow, has turned to you, who are not my body, I vow to you my resemblance, unequal in value and significance to string my verbal chain. Just let me go out swilling whiskey in the hill country, as imagined and planned. Who wants to sit around worrying about third-party ads on the site where she and he, who is one of them, sweet secret green of the yellow, troll. They are going to steal my identity. Metaphysics of a clicking bloom. Lotus cup. Okay. Okay. And then it, it, I wrote a book called Peace, and the, the central uh, inquiry about the book was um, that if we were... It's quite windy up here. <laughs> 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 that if we were going to live in nonstop war, that, yeah, let, yeah are you guys hot? I mean, get, let them have some. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that if we were going to live in nonstop war, which if, you know, yeah, um, then where is it possible to have a concurrent sense of peace? And so the whole book was an inquiry into that, and of course came up with no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no conclusions, but. In doing, in writing the book, I I thought I should write a poem about Gandhi, and so I did all this research. And um, after having done the research, it was just too overwhelming, and I was you know ready to get give up. And then I found out some really uh, un-Gandhi things about Gandhi, and I thought uh, that okay, I. I I'll write a poem called Trying to Write a Poem About Gandhi. (laughs) So that's what I did. And this is it, Trying to Write a Poem About Gandhi. One. The future leaves roses on the bed for the long stretch of the waker at the window left to pull the day around. History props up and swarms a lot of time Wonder will he walk back? Should we still run to keep up with him? Fingers quick to thread the spinning wheel. A dizziness in the face of a social machine. Silver, infinitesimal moats shine, lift, and hover cloud. I shake out the dryer's lint drawer into garage air. Satya no power over the soul. The body suffers. Two. A silver pocket watch pinned to a loincloth. Better to hand wash. In past and in future, postmodernism has gone all artisan. Moat swirling up into stale garage air. Open door to let it drift out. Spread into mysterious tresses. Ahimsa, a matter not of the intellect, but of the heart. Three. Beloved figures die, then stop and loop to pixelate. A history sweeps and fells the picture field. In uppermost loamy branches of the giant oak sit rug, Tolstoy, Ruskin, Emerson, and Carlyle shining down their texts, unorthodox social moralists of the 19th century still trying to freeze hell. Many leafy wandering past participles in my neighborhood alone Also, one assault rifle, a shotgun, two Glock pistols, one tactical armored vest. How do I know this? Several gas masks, one child's ballistic leggings, ballistic helmet, one known pedophile. Best to try not to wish anyone dead. Think John Berriman. I woke up, and I had not murdered anyone. Before I turned back to the dryer, thinking, why think? or try to be like Marx, who said at the end of his life, I am not a Marxist. <laughs> That's my girl's lost blue sweater hung on the fence post. Best to think of even nuisances in your inbox as pilgrims on earth, immortal spirits on probation. Four, how to make of one's garden a Tolstoy farm and be chief magistrate, prime minister, main teacher, chief baker, chief sanitary inspector of a modest magnetic field produced by electric currents in Earth's outer core on Earth's crust, primarily quartz, silicon dioxide, and other silicates like feldspar. One two bright Day, here comes Mana, and Abha. Manu, grand-niece, and Abha, wife of grand-nephew, Gandhi's girls and walking-sticks, his hands on their shoulders as he walked everywhere with them toward the end. Poverty easy, but chastity eludes and means Funny sleeping arrangements, younger and younger naked girls to sleep beside to maintain chastity, brahmacharya, elimination of all desire in the face of temptation. Except the body. You pussy, Picturefield says, dropping down. Great thinkers or scheming, demotic despots. It's a thin line to undo and silly to be an apologist for a pacifist. Dale Carnegie, friend. Madame Blavatsky, friend. Why think God doesn't like pussies, cocks, girls, Gandhis altogether? Well, you'd have to ask the girls. And later, it's a sub-rosa geological planet with shifting hot mantles of tectonics someone should tell Einstein even though it's too late, who said future generations will hardly grasp that such a man as this walked upon the earth palm fronds for shade basil peppers early tomatoes here strawberries under chicken wire to frustrate deer in the garden moats and mites, all waxes and wanes in shadows' leafy, deep-sea ocularity. The future drags and drifts and lifts, traces of argon, carbon dioxide and water, sun's majestic past and impending life. You cannot hope to wake anyone who isn't fully asleep? He said. You cannot wake those who are pretending sleep. Okay. Um. Uh, all right. I think I'm. I'm just going to read one more poem. It's a new poem, and it's called Borderlands. Borderlands. Late flies, large As nearly extinct black Bees burrow in Wisteria when the desert Has all the carcasses Flies Grow ills for legs The world often Barely perceptible It's sometimes sugary smell A rustic divination A chain link Debt Builds credit The envelopes tower on the kitchen counter tilt day's movement from spring to summer when at last there is time. Huge delivered cubes of it to open all newspapers shoved under couch. Tape some on walls, make links with a red sharpie, and still I cannot learn our kingdom its cages. At Rite Aid... Infinite shine to lacquer nail polish Named withstands test of time An aqua transbluent sage Nice Women in sundresses Shirtless men Fish trapped by ecstatic children Brown, white Carrying magenta hair dolls Into river sky blue Remote bot drones Balancing red snapper arranged on a plate, signature, cocktails, browser, dowser, bitching on my vacay, I ride Tidal Galaxy in gulf whitecaps. I have time to think, how does one make of time a servant, not the other way around? When there's nothing to do... One can discern a divine intervention from an ambrosial urban myth. It is an extremely advanced yoga pose to enact such a dimension of here I am and there are others above the Pacific pelicans in military formation make a feathered V. I say a few words into an abandoned silo. I say, citizen of the world up to blind sky. I say, welcome to our infinite, unmerciful, eternal estrangement home, to the girl from Oaxaca crossed over, a placenta swell, a purple martin and dew-leafed tree. She says this partnership is not working out. Whenever I say I, it sounds extrajudicial. The fine sprays of misunderstood words also say, Check out shelf with local honey. It will help you breathe better and be dreamful companion to polyglot strangers who built our republic. Their strolling, ghostly, greenish, speckled shade cast under oaks, already a chain-link hitch her stride radio says put saucer of sugar water out if you see a weak black bee and if there is no place to park the car why did you get in it I wonder if courage in one world can create an expanse in another is it akin to lovers who are alive in each other Pushing my cart past shelves, the grocery aisle says sea salt is a sorry-ass hygienic tragedy. When I check out, the robot thanks me for doing its work. I say, we're still alive, in a polite tone. In the morning, the river is busy, dividing an uncracked code everlasting. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast from City Lights Bookstore and Publishers. Our theme music was provided by Axolotl. All City Lights events are free. To see upcoming events at City Lights Bookstore in San Francisco, check out www.citylights.com/events.